0: Welcome to the KICC Malawi podcast. We pray that you will be encouraged with the message today. The Lord is good, and all the time. Hallelujah. We thank God for another beautiful morning that He has given us today. Let He come to His presence. Hear His word. Hallelujah. Uh, Let me take this opportunity to thank the leadership once again for giving me this uh, chance to share the living word of God and above all we thank God for the opportunity that we can all gather today and hear his word. Amen. Today, I would like us to share on the topic, a living sacrifice, and we'll go straight into the scripture for today, which is Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Amen. The Bible says I'm reading from the New King James Version it says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Uh, You see, Paul starts this scripture with a plea, and the plea comes where he says, I beseech you therefore... Other versions have said, I appeal to you, therefore. Uh, this is a plea to the God of Christ. And oftentimes, uh, when a plea like this is being made, uh, it's coming from the sincerity of the heart. And you would see people, even nearly, you would see people uh, going into that begging mode so that what they are asking you to do has to be done. And there's always a reason why a plea like this would come. Amen. There are times you speak to people. There are times uh, you uh, uh, share with people what needs to be done. And you see that they are not doing what needs to be done. What needs to be done is not being done. You go into this uh, playing mode. And you you plead, you plead, please, 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 please. And Paul is actually uh, doing that. But he is doing that not because what needs to be done is not being done, but he just wants to emphasize the reason why he wants us to... uh, Live according to what he is uh, asking us to live. Now, uh, in the preceding chapters of Romans, you would notice that Paul spent a lot of time laying a foundation that helps us to deeply understand the Christian journey before he gets to uh, chapter number 12 going forward. You will notice that in chapters 1 to 3, Paul Paul is talking about the universal sinfulness of mankind. So he's outlining uh, all that around the sinfulness of mankind. And then in chapters 3 to 5, you'll see him talking about the provisions of God's righteousness for justification. Now... Slowly, he's leading us onto a path of understanding the Christian living, a path of understanding the Christian journey. And in chapter six to eight, you will notice that he talks about God's grace that reigns through righteousness. Amen. In chapters nine to eleven, then he begins to talk about how God's righteousness is established in history and how. This righteousness is demonstrated in the Jews and in the Gentiles. Amen. So, all this summed up, he is trying to lead us into a path of the Christian living. He is trying to lead us into a path of the Christian journey. Amen. Now, in chapter number 12, from 12 to 16, we discover now that Paul is now calling us to live that life. That he has built the foundation for. Amen. So, he has laid this foundation in the previous 11 chapters. And then from 12 moving forward, he is now uh, calling us to live that life. Now, that's why he starts this chapter number 12 with therefore. So, you would notice that uh, for those uh, that uh, have taught English uh, will agree with me that this therefore... Is not just coming up, but it's coming from somewhere. It has, it, it wants to connect what has been already laid out uh, previously uh, to what is being now uh, set out uh, in the following uh, uh, scriptures. Amen. So, therefore, in this case, uh, is serving the purpose of a conjunctive verb that is. Uh, telling us that for, from these that I have, I have told you, all this that I have laid for you, after you have understood, this is now how I would like you to proceed. Amen. Now, our interest today is centered on what Paul is calling a living sacrifice, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Amen. We will look at the critical things that he has laid out that are making or giving us a clear roadmap to becoming or to presenting our bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord. And these critical things that Paul has laid out, he has talked about nonconformity uh, to the patterns of the world. And he has talked about transformation. He's talked about we, we should be transformed. And in that being transformed, he talks about the renewing of the mind. So we will center on these three things because at the end of the day, these are the building blocks to presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before the Lord. Amen. Now, the first thing I want us to look at is the concept of Sacrifice. You see, the concept of sacrifice basically involves letting something or someone go for maintenance of a relationship between a man and anything that is considered sacred. Amen? Oftentimes, this letting go would also involve death of that which is being let go. And this death is coming in because you are geared or the one offering that sacrifice is geared and have made a decision that for me to maintain this relationship with what I believe the most, I can easily let go this. Amen. And these sacrifices would mean actually both evil and holy sacrifices. We've seen people offering uh, other people as sacrifices to what they believe matters the most to them. But today we want to talk about the holy sacrifice that Paul was, is, is telling us to offer our bodies to God. Amen. Amen. you see every time there is a sacrifice being offered the truth is there is always a struggle or a fight that happens because that which is to be offered as a sacrifice would not easily would not easily accept to be offered as a sacrifice especially where death is concerned especially where slaughtering of an animal or slaughtering of anything is concerned killing of anything is concerned as, as offering it as a sacrifice there would always be a struggle and that's why paul is pleading he says i beseech you therefore because he understands that there will always be a struggle for us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Because the body would not want to let go of what it pleases, what, what pleases it, what pleases it. Amen. So there's always a struggle when a sacrifice is being offered. There's always a protest. Now, Paul tells us to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. This involves letting go of the desires of our flesh. And where letting go of the desires of our flesh is concerned, there will always be a protest. Our bodies would not easily allow us to let go of what our bodies think is important to them. Our flesh would not easily allow us to let go of what the flesh thinks is enjoyable to, to it. Amen. So there will always be that fight. There'll always be, there's always that, that, that struggle. You see, it's not easy to let go of the pleasures of life. It's not easy to let go of what your body is used to lot all times. Amen. It doesn't become easy to wake up in the morning to go and hustle. And especially when we're going into winter like this. Waking up in the morning becomes a very big challenge. Amen. But you have to do it because you just have to do it. But there's always that struggle. There's always that fight. So the body wants to still remain in bed. But you, you have to go and work. You have to go and make money. But the body wants you to stay in bed. Amen. In the same way, Presenting our body as a living sacrifice. Basically, it means saying, God, I am giving you my whole. You have to be in control. So your body is no longer in control of what has to be done in your life. Your flesh is no longer in control of what has to be done in life, but the spirit of the Lord has to begin to control now. And God has to direct your paths at all times. So it has to be God telling you what to do. It's not pleasant oftentimes the flesh would protest. The flesh would protest oftentimes. Because what God would want you to do, what God would want your flesh to subject to, is not what the world lives by. So there's always that fight. And that's why I'll repeat, Paul says, I I." I Appeal to you therefore. If he if he knew that it's easy, he wasn't going in he wasn't gonna go into all this appealing, all this beseeching and all that. He was just going to say Ladies and gentlemen, this is how we ought to live. And we all say, Okay, let's go. But then we have to critically think why is he pleading? He has laid that foundation of a Christian living. He has he has talked about the God's righteousness. He has talked about the sinful nature of man. He has talked about all that. And then he says, But I plead, I plead, I plead, for you to walk in this journey, you have to present yourself, your bodies, the living sacrifice." He knew it was not, it's not going to be easy. Amen. And it has never. Christian journey has never been easy. Where you want to pray, your body wants to do something else. Where you want to pray, or where you want to dedicate your time to the Word of God, there's so much competition. There are other competing factors. Amen. But even in that competition, God wants us to subject to His will. God wants us to present our bodies a living sacrifice to Him. God wants us to give ourselves fully to Him so that He controls every aspect and every area of our lives. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says... The flesh, which is the body, lasts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do things that you wish. Amen? So there's that fight between the spirit and the flesh. The flesh is always contesting against the spirit. The flesh is always pushing us to do things that are contrary to the word of God. The flesh is always pushing us to do things that are not in line with the word of God. And then the spirit is also fighting, pushing us to live in accordance to the word of God. Our bodies are to be given to God in worship. Our bodies are to be given to God as a sacrifice. Our bodies are to be given to God, subjecting to every command of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are not told by Paul to kill ourselves as literally as killing ourselves in the way offerings or sacrificial offerings are made. But what Paul is saying is, we die to the things of the world. And we live according to the Spirit of God. Amen. And this is living in a continuous response to the commands of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to have that ability to subject our flesh to the commands of God, which the devil would always try so hard To put us into competition with. You always try to keep us in the natural. And prevent us living in the spirit. Because he knows that it is in the natural that he can defeat us. Amen. But if we subject to the commands of God and allow our bodies presented as a living sacrifice where God is in full control, where God is in full leadership of everything about our lives. There's no way the enemy can manage to defeat us. Amen. The devil never wins in the spirit. And God never loses in the spirit. we're going into a month of prayer and fasting which is the month of June that's another struggle that we have with our bodies our bodies want to eat our flesh our flesh desires our flesh desires to have the best the best food that we have always had and the flesh tells us you sure for one month you're going to Living without this food that you have always had. And the spirit says, No, that this is time to pray. This is time to fast and pray. That's another struggle. But what do we do? We subject our flesh to the commands of the spirit. Amen. We subject our flesh to the commands of the spirit. Because we know if we succumb to the desires of the flesh, it becomes very easy for the enemy to victimize us. It becomes very easy for the enemy to find loopholes, to get through to us. And that's why in Galatians 5.16, there's an emphasis that we walk in the spirit and will not fulfill the desires of flesh the flesh. These two things, how they work, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Basically, at that point, it is the spirit of God in control. It is no longer the flesh in control. And if it's the spirit of God in control, it means that everything that we do as we walk on this journey, we do in accordance to the spirit of God. And there's no way we can succumb to the pressures that come with the desires of the flesh. But in the absence of walking in the Spirit, in the absence of subjecting to the commands of the Spirit, we would easily succumb to the pressures that come with the desires of the flesh. Amen. And we begin to fulfill the desires of the flesh. And that's why I'm saying there's absolutely no way we can lose any battle if we continue to live in the Spirit. Because there's no way we'll subject to, or we'll succumb or we'll fulfill to the desires of the flesh. Because we're living in the Spirit. And it is the Spirit of God that is in control at that time. Amen. And when we reach that point of living in the Spirit and not fulfilling the desires of the flesh at any cost. The reasonable service that Paul is talking about in, verse, in the verses we have, uh, we, we have read, particularly verse number 1 to the very end, because it says, which is your reasonable service? Other versions say, which is your acceptable worship? That reasonable service comes out of us now. The act of worship comes out of us now. Because at that point, what happens is, you actually subject to everything and every command that the Spirit of God is making to you. Amen. And that subjection, what it basically means is you say, God, nothing else but you. Not me, but you. Not my flesh, but you. Not what I love, but what you want me to be. Not what I have always liked, but what you want me to be. Amen. You basically subject to every demand of the spirit of God, and that's what Paul is calling the reasonable service, the act of worship. Amen. Now, I was talking about the pointers that God, but that Paul has given for us. To be able to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Number one, he says, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. Now, when we look at conformity or what Paul is talking about or not being conformed to the patterns of the world, what he basically means is that we can be in the world. We are allowed to be in this world, but we are not allowed to be of this world. Amen. We can be in this world, but we are not allowed at any cost to be of this world. We are not allowed to be like those of the world. Amen. Because if we are like those of the world, we are conforming to the patterns of the world, which is contrary to the word of the Lord and which is contrary to how God wants us to live. Amen. Our standards as children of God need to be very different from the standards of the world. If we, if we have standards that are different from the standards of the world... We are now going towards... Or we are now living the world that Paul is instructing us to live, Not conforming to the patterns of the world. Everything that the world thinks is normal... Has to be abnormal to a child of God. Amen. Because the things that the world thinks are normal... Most of them are not normal in the kingdom of God. The life we ought to live if we are not to conform to the patterns of this world has to be a life that is desired by the Spirit of God who is leading us. Has to be a life that subjects fully to the Spirit of the Lord who is leading us. Amen. Our flesh would desire to do certain things and our spirit will protest. Our flesh would desire to be like those that surround us. But you find that oftentimes our spirit will protest. There are moments we have been in places where you don't feel comfortable in your spirit. They are not bad places but your spirit doesn't feel comfortable and you leave such places. It's because your spirit is at in or in control at that particular time. And your spirit is leading you not to conform to such spaces that are not in line with the word of God, that are not in line with the leadership of the kingdom of God. Amen. And when our spirit protests to the desires of our flesh, the right thing to do as a child of God is to subject and follow what the Spirit of God is telling us to. Amen. We become separated from the rest of the world when we subject ourselves to the desires of the Spirit. We cannot become a different people. We cannot become a different or an effective Christian when we allow our flesh to lead us and when we, sub- or when we subject to the desires of our flesh, it becomes difficult to become a very effective Christian. Amen. I remember when we were young, my family had moved from area 49 in Yolonga we moved to Blantyre. I think that was about 12 that time. And when we went to Blantyre, we went into a neighborhood that was literally different from where we were coming from. We went into a pure ghetto. Uh, if you know what I mean. And the first week of moving in, uh, my dad called all of us one evening, and he says, "I uh, will use the Chichewa uh, words that he used." He said, "Ananda, kunogota wera because siyani ndi 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 muri That's basically what he said. My children different where you are coming from. And this is a place where uh, the the surrounding of the place, you'd find that uh, you know those places where you find people are selling uh, the, the 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 local. Through and stuff, and all that. This, literally, this is a place that we went to. And you, you'd literally notice that uh, the, 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 the house that we were staying in uh, was probably around, around that neighborhood. I think it was probably one of the maybe 10 houses that were set apart in the neighborhood, if you know what I mean. Okay? And then, what my dad thought was, yes, we've come here. Uh, We'll not stay here for long, but chances are high, my children are going to be people in this neighborhood. Okay? Because what was happening is, we came in and every child from the neighborhood was coming to play with us. And he said, "This place is different." At first, I didn't understand what he meant. But later on, as time went, I've come to realize what he really meant, because the majority of my age from those I'm from that neighbourhood. When I meet in the family, the family family you together, look help me business. Amen. What he basically wanted us to do is not to be a part of everything that happens in the neighbourhood. That's why he said, my children, we, we have come here, we are here, but the place is different from where you're coming from. It's exactly what Paul is saying. You are in this world, but this world is different from where you come from, from your father. Do not be like of this world. Amen. Sometimes we may not understand why God doesn't want us to be of this world. But as time goes, you begin to realize that God loves us so much. And that's why he doesn't want us to be like of this world. There's so much evil happening in the world that has been disguised as good. And if we are not careful, we fall into the traps and we begin to become like of the world. That's why I'm saying if we subject ourselves to the commands of the Spirit, it becomes easier to detect what is right and what is wrong. It becomes easier to avoid conforming to the patterns of the world. It becomes easier for us to present our bodies a living sacrifice because we are no longer subjecting our bodies to the patterns of the world. We are subjecting our bodies to the command of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. We have to be set apart at all times. I know there are times we get mocked. I think Sister Anne was preaching the other day and she's like, you know, when, when she got born again and everyone is mocking them in school and uh, I think she was likening to this high school kid who is not liked by everyone in the, in the, in the, in the community and all that. That's how we ought to live as Christians. We don't have to be accepted by everyone. Amen. If we allow ourselves to be accepted by everyone, we are forsaking the standards of the Christian living. We are now accepting the standards of the world. Because the world accepts everyone and everything. The kingdom of God doesn't allow us to accept everyone and everything. Amen. There are people we have to allow in our lives and there are people we have to reject. I remember Pastor Macduff, I think most of the times when he's praying for the babies, he he he, he mentions this. He says If there are people that this child has to meet, let them meet in life. But if there are people that this child has to miss in life, let them miss them in life. And the reason is not everything that is presented to us has to be accepted. Amen. There are standards in the kingdom of God. And we have to live by those standards. Amen. Nonconformity conformity to the world must make us reach a point that our standard of behavior is no longer the world around us. But our standard of behavior is the word of God. The problem we us Christians these days we don't want to be left behind. We want to move with the world. We want to move. We want to move with the times. But oftentimes, the things that we do in our quest to move with the times are things that are not aligned with the standards of the kingdom of God. Amen. We cannot continue to do what we have always felt comfortable doing And expect to live a life that pleases God. Amen. It is only when we focus our thoughts on what is the perfect will of God that we'll be able to defeat the desires of our faces and fulfill the commands of the Spirit. We don't need approval of the world. God has justified us. God has called us into the kingdom as his children. It is fulfilling enough. We don't need to be seen by the world as people that know to trend with how the world is trending. No. We need to be seen to be good at trending in what the kingdom of God is cleansing. Amen. Luke chapter twelve, verse forty seven to forty eight. The Bible says, and the servant. Who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with a few stripes. Amen. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much is required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will also ask them more. There's so much that has been given to us that we ought to follow in the kingdom of God. There's so much that God expects us. To do. Or there's so much that God expects from us. Amen. And these are the standards that we are talking about. If we know exactly what is expected of us from God. And we do not live according to what is expected of us from God. We attract the wrath of God. Amen. The standards that are in the kingdom of God, are to be maintained by the children of God. And we cannot take anything from or, or everything that the world presents to us, bring it in the kingdom of God. No. There has to be order in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. How things work in the kingdom of Satan is not how things ought to work in the kingdom of God. No matter how we can sugarcoat them, we need to live according to the perfect standards of the kingdom. Most Most of us that are parents, we have rules of living in the house. Amen. We, we don't allow our children to bring anything that is taken from anywhere into the house. Even the things that we allow our children to read, our children to watch, our children to listen to, are things that us as parents have vetted and said, okay, this can go with my child. Amen. It's because there are standards that we want to maintain in our living as a family. In the same way, there are standards that God wants us to maintain in our living as children of God. And those standards will lead us into subjecting to the will of God, presenting our bodies fully to God and not subjecting to the desires of the flesh. Not to live as the world wants us to live, but to live as the Spirit of God wants us to live. Amen. Parents, oftentimes they make it clear. This is my house and this is how we are going to live. And God makes it clear. This is my kingdom and this is how we ought to live. I remember some, <laughs> uh, some time ago, a, what, some, some friend of ours, way back when we were uh, uh, just moving from Teenagers. Uh, so he he used to come he used to come home late uh, to his parents. And then the, the other day he had a very good relationship with his father. Uh, but then the father called him the other day and sat down and he, he was asking him, so, hey man, look, whose house is this?" And that's, that, that was the only question he asked him. Now I don't know whether he took it that I have a very good relationship with my father, and, and then the response he gave to his father is, "It's the landlord's house," and he, he got he got some serious some serious beating. From that, But what the father basically was trying to do is, look, young man, you and I have a very good relationship. We live good in this house, but you have to know that as far as I'm the head of this house, you subject to my leadership. You do not just go and take anything that pleases you into this house. You do not just go and bring any behavior that pleases you into this house. There are rules and standards we have to follow in this house. That was basically the message that the father was trying to give to him. It's just like any other parent would do. And that's exactly what God he's doing to us. Do not conform to the patterns of the world. There's so much good in the world that tends to be bitter. Amen. Amen. Paul continues now to talk about transformation. So he says, Instead of conforming to the patterns of the world, we have to be transformed. Now, being transformed simply means having a marked change in form or in appearance. Amen? We have seen things that presently they don't look the way they looked uh, some years ago. There have been changes that have been made to such things. We've seen buildings that have transformed tremendously. Changes have been made. And why we notice that there's been transformation on this particular structure, there's been transformation on this particular person, is the changes that we see in that particular person. Amen. Amen. So Paul says, but be transformed. Amen. The transformation that Paul is talking about in this context is a complete change of our spiritual being, which then begins to manifest in every aspect of our physical being. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, 18. The Bible says, Nevertheless, when one tends to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where there is the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just As the spirit of the Lord. Amen. The transformation that has to happen in our spiritual being. Has to begin to manifest in our physical being. And this manifestation comes in the way now we begin to live differently. In the way we continue to live differently from the rest of the world. Amen. For the world... To begin to call us, uh, in Jijewa, they say, It means they have seen something that is different from them in you. Amen. And when transformation is taking place, it does not require someone to tell you that there is transformation taking place. It is easily noticeable. By what that transformation produces on the outer, out, 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 outer parts. Amen. If we have a transformation inside ourselves, it will easily come out from how we conduct ourselves in the society, in the communities, in the world. Amen our transformation as Paul puts it is more beyond the external avoidance of worldly behaviors amen we can we can we can say i don't want to live this life but if your spirit is not transformed if your inner self is not transformed to take you into uh, the, 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 the subjection to the spirit of the, the, uh, to the commands of the spirit of god it becomes difficult to live that life which you desire amen there's a lot of people that live a good life on the outside but their inside is not transformed the transformation that Paul is talking about here, he wants us to have our spirit, spiritual being transformed. And if our spiritual being is transformed, it becomes easy for us to put to death the desires of our flesh. But if we just want to change on the outside, or avoid the worldly behaviors from the outside, It becomes difficult to maintain. But why? Because our spirit is not transformed. Our spirit is not changed. Amen. There are a lot of people who live good. But they have higher chances of not seeing the kingdom of God. Amen. Galatians 5 verse 19. If you read Galatians 5, verse 19, you understand that Paul is replacing the works of the flesh with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, if we say, I am going on a transformation journey, I want to live according to the word of God, and your spirit has not transformed, so, chances of succeeding in that transformation journey are become very slim. But if you transform your spirit, you replace the desires of the flesh with the fruit of the spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. You will have the drive of the spirit to put to death the desires of the flesh. Without that drive of the spirit to put to death the desires of the flesh, The work you do in trying to live good becomes in them. Amen. We need the triumphant power of the Spirit to defeat what our flesh does. The fight that the flesh puts in is so huge. And there are times you feel like my flesh is getting stronger. My, like the desires of my flesh are getting stronger than how I ought to live. But if you have that drive or that triumphant power of the Holy Spirit to put to death the desires of the flesh, you will succeed. In your journey of Christian living. Amen. We cannot... Fight the enemy without the Spirit of God and expect to win. It will never happen. We will have to fight. You know, the, I was saying at the beginning that the devil cannot win in the Spirit. That's why the enemy, he would want to drag you into a place where he's very comfortable so that he can win over you. Amen. He will try as much as possible to make you live in the flesh so that he begins to win over you. But if he sees you're living in the spirit constantly, you're subjecting yourself to the desires of the Holy Spirit constantly, it becomes difficult for him to win the battle against you. Amen. We need to have that drive of the spirit to live a life that is transformed. Amen. And how do you do that? Number one, you need to be willing to pay the cost. The transformation journey that leads us to be fully of God is not cheap. There is a cost. That is a task and we need to be willing to bear that cost. Luke chapter 14 verse 33. Verse 33 says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciples. Church, it's not easy to forsake something that you love the most. It's not easy to live a lifestyle that you love, you love the most. It only becomes easy when there's that drive of the Spirit. And this is the cost we have to pay if we have to live this life that is required of us in accordance to Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2. If we are not willing to pay the cost, this transformation will not happen. Amen. We have to be willing to pay the cost. We will have to burn some bridges along the way. We will have to sacrifice some friendships and some relationships along the way. Amen. Amen. We will have to let go of some things that we value the most along the way. And there will always be a protest. Now that's where the sacrifice, the living sacrifice comes in. The ability to say, much as I love this, but I will let it go for the sake of my relationship with God. Much as our relationship has been built over the years, but because of this instruction that God has given me, and for the sake of the relationship that I have to maintain with God, I' will have to let this go. it's not easy, but it has to happen. It is painful, but it has to happen. We will have to shed off some excess baggage along the way. We carry a. Today, Christians, we carry so much excess baggage with us. Amen. We have so much that drags us on this path. Whatever is ungodly, we will have to avoid. Amen. First John chapter 3, 19 to 20. And by this we know we belong to the truth. And will assure our hearts in His presence. Even if our hearts condemn us. God is greater than our hearts. And He knows of things. Amen. Our realization that we belong to the truth. Has to compel us to make these sacrifices. That we have to make in this journey that we are in. Amen. Number two, we will have to be willing to invest in this journey. Investing in this case, we will have to invest our time to study the word of God. Invest our time in prayer. Invest our time in gathering with the saints. Amen. Every time when there's a call for us to meet, for me to prayers here. Every time there's a call for us to meet in the home cells. Every time there's a a call for us uh, to come when it's uh, time for prayer and fasting. To come and join in prayer and fasting. It It is that investment that we put in. The time we invest in that. That will help us to transform. And live in accordance to how God wants us to live. Amen. Remember where your treasure is. Your heart is there. I I think for many, uh, most of us men, uh, particularly those that are married, for you or for us to win that woman that we married, that woman that we loved so much to marry. There was so much investment that we put in. Amen. We invested time, invested money. Some some stayed on the phone for four or five hours in the, 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 in, the in the evenings. And that time, it was a time when airtime was very expensive. Amen. I some could travel long distances. I don't want to mention pastor here. but <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Long distances. <laughs> huh? Some could even walk on foot long distances. Okay. When coming back and then they begin to figure out, how am I going to get back home? Okay? But because this is something that uh, their heart was so much into. Their treasure. And their heart was where their treasure is. So they are willing to invest in every way possible. Amen. Amen. Much, how much do we invest in the journey in this journey of Christian life? Amen. Number three, we need to discipline our bodies. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 29. Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to rather 27, not 29, verse 24 to 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but the one who receives the prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it? Running in such a way that you may obtain the prize requires training. Discipline because you have to understand how you ought to run that race so that you may obtain the prize. Amen. And then the Bible continues to say, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. So, what we are racing for is a crown. That is imperishable. So, in the same way that we train ourselves on how to run the race in this world and learn all the tactics, it is also the same discipline that we have to have in running the race that we are running in the kingdom of God. Amen therefore i run thus not with uncertainty thus i fight not as one who beats the air but i discipline my body and bring it to subjection lest when i have preached to others i myself should become disqualified amen we have to discipline our body Bring it to subjection. Learn all the tactics that the enemy uses to take us away from the path. And as we learn those tactics, we begin to discipline our body. That as far as I am concerned, this I will not do. That I will not do. That I will not do. There I will not go. Because we know where we want to get. Amen. Amen. And Paul says transformation can only take place when we renew our minds. Amen. And renewing our minds basically calls for a critical replacement of some components of our living standards. So our mind has to, sh- our mindset has to shift. The focus on the things of the world has to cease. And we focus on the things that are important in the kingdom of God. For us to know that this transformation that has taken place in something or in someone, we look at the things that have changed. And in changing those things, there are times things have to completely be scrapped off. There are times some certain elements have to completely be destroyed. Amen. Before we appreciate any changes in any renovated building, we have to know that there are significant replacements of some components and elements of the particular building, that have changed that building into what it is. And our spiritual transformation can only happen if our mind has shifted from focusing on the things of the world to the things of the kingdom of God. Our mind has shifted from focusing on what the world thinks is important to what the kingdom of God says is important. And when that that shift of of mind happens, things begin to change. And even in the outward, on on the outside, people begin to appreciate that, yes, there's a change. Amen. We need to have the mind of Christ. Amen. And having the mind of Christ basically means looking at life from Jesus' point of view. There are times when doing certain things, I ask myself, if you do a Jesus, would you do this? And this is the Jesus we are representing on this earth. Amen. If we have the mind of Christ... Colossians 2, verse 5. If we have that mind of Jesus Christ, it becomes so easy for us to focus on the most important things in our spiritual life. Amen. I'll conclude with the base that's on John chapter 14, verse 23. And the Bible says, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him amen let's demonstrate our love for Christ by subjecting ourselves to the commands of the Spirit. Let's demonstrate our love for Christ by keeping the Word of God as it's been taught to us in the Scriptures. Let's demonstrate our love for Christ by subjecting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Let's demonstrate our love for Christ by allowing the Spirit of God to lead at all times and not allowing the flesh to pull us away from the path and leave us uh, and, 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 and take us to the standards of the world. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We bless you, we honor you because of your word. We pray in Jesus' mighty name that may you help us, Lord, to lead your word at all times as a way of demonstrating our love to you. May you help us, O God, to subject our flesh to the desires of the Spirit. For that is the reason of service we can offer to you, Lord. We thank you. We bless you for your word. We thank you. We bless you for your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen bless you and keep you. Our prayer is that God has spoken to your heart. Be blessed in this week.